This is a Gulf Stories moment made possible by StoryLab at the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Hello, everyone, from the University of West Florida's Innovation Institute. I'm Christian Garman. Today, I'll be talking with Dr. Scott Keller, professor of logistics and supply chain management at the University of West Florida. And we're talking about existing port users. Dr. Keller, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Christian. Yes, sir. I always appreciate your insights. Uh, So existing port users, what exactly is moving all over the Gulf of Mexico? What kind of cargo are we talking about? You know, that's the fun part of (laughs) thinking about ports, in my opinion, that and the ships. You know, they're uh, they're very unique aspects of transportation. And by the way, they go together. We move the freight where we have the type of equipment that mm-hmm. can move that freight and vice versa. So ships will move into different lanes across the world based on business moving up uh, in a certain commodity, for example. So here on the Gulf Port, we have everything that ships in and out of here from molasses to steel for the automobile plant in Montgomery to wood pulp to lumber going overseas to to rebuild uh, after hurricanes and and devastations, to poultry, to complete uh, unit trains that are loaded with commodity cargo that are are rolled onto these specialized uh, equipped Mm -hmm. ships, and the whole ship carries the whole train. Is there a... Is there – you mentioned some of the things moving across the Gulf moments ago. Is there any sort of you know, port exclusivity? You know, like we, we're the only ones that are allowed to ship that. We've signed a deal with the company and they only come to us. I mean is that a thing you know, or is that you – know? it's, it's probably more contractual based where you um, are working with your port users uh, to create multi-year contracts, contracts that are beneficial for both of you. Uh, and um, it, it really kind of depends on the capabilities that you have, the equipment you have, and, and the needs that that customer has. In terms of uh, moving things around the Gulf and, and around the world, is, is shipping, is this still sort of the most efficient or maybe the cheapest, smartest way to do it? Well, there are yeses and nos to, <laughs> to both every of those question questions, ask, yeah. right? <clears throat> um, is it efficient? Yes, it's efficient. Uh, you can get thousands of containers. And basically, uh, for your audience thinking about this uh, as they're listening on the radio, um, think about uh, thousands of tractor trailers on a ship. Hmm. And so then all of a sudden you can go, oh, economies of scale, meaning we have large-scale vessels that can move uh, you know, thousands of trucks and, by the way, thousands of rail cars amount of product. And so by its nature and also by the, the way ships are designed and the way they utilize fuel and the type of fuel they use, uh, it makes them very efficient with the movement aspect. Not necessarily the most efficient with the loading and unloading and getting to the customer. Well, that's what I was thinking when you just said, you know, thousands of tractor trailers or thousands of trucks. That seems like, yes, it'd be really easy to move those from one place to another. But once you get there, unloading thousands of trucks sounds like quite an ordeal. We call that intermodalism. And uh, Malcolm McLean, who was the, um, uh, the president of United States Lines and McLean Trucking back in history, uh, he 
kind of envisioned the idea of taking a tractor trailer, taking the trailer off its wheels and, and uh, lashing it to the ship. And when he did that, and he did that in an effective way, it changed the industry. So it now allowed ships to communicate and collaborate with railroads mm. and with motor carriers. And so now the ships will come in. We have these efficient container cranes we call uh, gantry cranes, hammerheads. It have, they have different mm-hmm. uh, names. They pick up the containers, which is a box off the ship, put it directly on the rail car, and that rail car can be taken right to Chicago, to the marketplace. And so there is some efficiencies that have been gained with intermodalism. And no doubt uh, they'll just continue to be gained uh, with each passing year. I mean, this is the kind of thing, like everything else, you look back 10 years, you say, I can't believe we were doing it that way back then, you know. That's true, but there are some fundamentals that still don't change. We still have to think about cost. We still can't ignore efficiencies for uh, let's get it there faster. We have to balance off and look at those trade-offs. Dr. Scott Keller, I do appreciate it. Always interesting. Thank you, sir. Thank you. For more golf stories, visit uwf.edu slash golf stories.